0: Welcome to another episode of Design and Influence, where it is our job to help architecture design and engineering professionals use technology so that their teams can do their best work. So we sort of take this, unpack and repack and try to give you um, actionable advice on how to utilize tech in your day-to-day work. Uh, with you and your team so you can be happier, more, more centered, You know, run better business and, and just be a happier person and do better. Um, my co-host is Boris Rappaport, also CEO of a company called ArcIT, where we both work to that same direction. So our job at ArcIT is to service AAC professionals from an IT management perspective. Boris, hello to you.
1: Hey, Alex. How you doing? I'm oh, doing everybody? good. This was the longest
0: pre-show argument on the particular topic we're about to unveil here, and I'm excited to unveil it because it's going to be a discussion, and it touches 100% of people who dare to press play and or are reading the article. 100% of you are impacted by the following subject, and that subject is email clutter
1: or no, how would you sort of package it? Yeah, I'm going to say decluttering your mailbox. Okay, so it's just essentially it's
0: email box overload. And that's specifically, like we can talk about, oh, you know, here's the uh, rules for sending out emails when you respond, how you respond, inbox zero. No, we're not going to talk about any of that. What we are going to talk about is what you are 100% concerned about. And that is the amount of data and or files that are currently residing in your inbox is, I guarantee you, scary. Because when we started this conversation, I have a Gmail address that I've been using, you know, apparently since 2007, since I went and looked, and and it's staggering. It's taking up 74.9 gigabytes of data, and I'm sure many of you are in a similar boat. You know, you have your email boxes, personal and or business that have staggering amount of data. So Boris is going to help us unpack the specific rules and or advice on how to deal and manage all that data for a couple of reasons. Number one is it's impacting our clients. Boris, actually, you want to why don't we just start with that? Um, We had the subject queued up because we had tickets and issues with our customers. Talk us through it.
1: Yeah. um, And the major issues are just around uh, sheer mailbox size so right now if you're using a business platform uh, for your email whether you're using microsoft office 365 or google workspace um, both of those services basically give you you know huge amount of data that you can use for a mailbox and you can always add on more if you need to i mean we can call it unlimited data really um, to hold in your mailboxes the problem is comes up, if you're trying to use, um, you know, third-party clients and most people who are Mac users, you know, and been a long, long lasting Mac users like yourself, Alex, um, like to use Mac mail, Um, Microsoft people have grown up with Outlook and want to use Outlook. When you use those clients to, for email and kind of downloading messages back and forth, um, what happens a lot as your mailboxes grow and Data become, you know, data set becomes larger and larger. We're talking, you know, 30, 40, 50 gigs. We start seeing issues with data corruption and emails not coming in at the right time and newer emails not showing up in the mail, you know, in the mailbox unless you close out and reopen. So there's things um, that are creating issues for you once your email mailbox gets that large.
0: Gotcha. So it's like, Let's say you know if you're hoarding, right, and then in your house you have all kinds of things, and you need a camping stove. You know, finding that camping stove in 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 mounds of <laughs> of stuff is almost virtually impossible, right? Um, and organizing it's virtually impossible. And so the same thing happens with desktop, right, computers. Because so I think cloud does a much better job with that. Because I haven't really seen any issues with search. On my 74.9 gigabyte email box as of yet. Have you?
1: Um, no. So if you're using the online clients, you from the search standpoint, you're usually you're usually getting better performance. But at the same time, it's still harder to search when you have multiple items that match that criteria, right? So, you know, you pop it into the search, and instead of, you know, if you only had three years worth of emails in there, you get like 10 results. This this time you may get like hundreds of results, right? Yeah. That you have to search through. And obviously you can sort, sort by date. There's certain things that you can do to filter stuff out. It just, then the search itself becomes more of, of a chore than it should be.
0: Yeah, no, I, definitely, I, I can definitely connect with that. You, you know, if you are looking for a particular tax document, let's say W-2 or whatever you send to your, I'm talking about personal right now uh personally you know to to your CPA you know who your two CPAs over that previous CPA who we don't remember their name that might be a problem if you search for w2 <laughs> you know uh, you know uh, the 20 years worth of things come up so so i get it 100% but nonetheless it's still findable and it's not very difficult here's kind of um well look, why don't we do um you you're going to have like a three part basically recommendation it's not that it's kind of advice it's not You know, by any means, is like, hey, here's the only way to do this. This is like, oh, here's how you manage the size of your inbox. And you have a couple of recommendations. What is the first one you'd say? Like, what's the, what would people need to do uh, for their professional inboxes?
1: Well, so, I mean, this needs to kind of, this, from my standpoint, it's becoming a bit of a pet peeve right? When people just start sending large files back and forth. And I know, you know, we help architects and engineers. I know there's files going back and forth that are just large PDFs, right? And sometimes like we get specifically asked, or, you know, can you enable us to send, because there's usually limits uh, on the amount of um, files that you can send back and forth. And so we usually ask, can you enable us to send this hundred megabyte file? And you know, the answer to that is you shouldn't be sending 100 megabyte files over the internet. You should not be, you should be considered, considering the other people's mailboxes as well. And instead, you know, you have software like Google Drive and Microsoft OneDrive where that file can live. Why not just send a link, which makes the email really small. Uh, it's not going to affect the other person's inbox. And um, you you can collaborate on that file basically in real time, right? Um, that person can open the file, make their changes. You see the changes right away. You can make the changes and see the ch- and they see the changes right away. And that really eliminates the workflow. Like, you know, I send an Excel file. They make the changes, send an Excel file back to me. I make the changes, send it, send it back to them. Now we send five files that are, you know, cluttering each other's mailbox. So I think that would, like, if we just started using that workflow, would really save um, a lot of hustle uh, from a standpoint of, just collaboration and uh, the standpoint of not cluttering the mailboxes.
0: Yeah. So as an initiator of a particular, uh, say, conversational back and forth discussion, um, like say, you know, it's a product order or it's a uh, revision, it's a review of some kind of a performance numbers or whatever that may be, as an an, initiated in a shareable document and send a link rather than being the one to create a excel document because it's just something you've done forever and it's just easier and sending an excel document because you know you're going to get a excel document marked up back then you have to send it for so the problem with that is even search can't deal with that um, because if there's all these versions of this document you will it, it will just take forever to find the right version and, and the way email conversations are organized is a little differently between Microsoft and Google. But the bottom line is it's not easy to find the latest file. Well um, God forbid, you want to go somewhere midstream to find what change Susie made, you know when she wh- when she added your your you know your taxes or whatever to the spreadsheet. So um, whether that's a design document, whether that's a spreadsheet, yeah, I 100% agree. So so sending a link, but it's not always possible because people keep sending you crap, right? It's just when you're not initiating, when you are the receiver, and this is actually a good question. What is the etiquette? <laughs> can, if somebody sends you an Excel document, do you just put it on Teams and share it out? Like, is that?
1: I mean, I've done that a few times. Um, I'm not going to say so. I mean, to be honest, when I've done it and I send the link back, most of the time people download it still, make the updates and then send you the whole document back. <laughs> so it's there's still an education process and that's why we're having this conversation, right? Yeah. I think um, we don't think about these things as we're doing our daily workflow. Uh, so having this conversation and hopefully having people listening and watching it, uh, will give them some ideas on what they can do to improve their workflow. Not only that, I mean, if you're sending sensitive documents back and forth, it is much safer and more secure to just send a link because only that person is going to have access to it. And you can create different types of links. We can get into that maybe on a different show. But yeah, you can restrict the links with passwords and things like that.
0: So actually, that's an interesting point to to tap into right now. Uh, we haven't talked about, talk about this pre-show, so it's, it's going to be new to me. Um, we we talk a lot about security, right? Cybersecurity risks and all those things. You know, we put together a, a free resource on our website. It's a guide. It's kind of, kind of like a little ebook, and then we also have a course that is free. Um, people can go to Archit GetArchit and find that. But uh, in terms of email security, um, we know there's social engineering from from the book that social engineering happens all the time, and they're trying to connect and get get stuff and get you to do something through through sending you a kind of mask fake email that looks real. Okay, so we know that. But my question is, what kind of exposure do we have with all these files sitting
1: as documents in our email? Huge exposure. So if you have documents stored in your email, if your mailbox gets hacked, right? Then all that data, uh, the bad guys have access to. So that's another um, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually thought about it, but <laughs> I forgot to bring it up. Um, that's another, yeah, that's another reason why we shouldn't use email as file storage. Um, and not all of us protect our email, especially personal email, to the effect that we may be protecting our business email. And not all of us protect our business email uh, to the effect we should be. Right. Uh-huh. So um, that is definitely an increased risk uh, in storing files or sensitive information, sensitive files, in your email.
0: All right. And so what is the recommendation of the top IT professional of our time?
1: <laughs> As I mentioned, let's try to move to a workflow that is less reliant on storing files and emails. Sending links is um, like it's more secure because you can send the links to either expire or to include passwords or to do you can do more things with that than just having the file sit there.
0: Sure, but, you have more control. But we are already sitting on 74.9, some of us, you know, uh, megabytes, gigabytes, gigabytes of data. Like what what to do? Because because honestly, even if we do initiate the linking, link-based sharing of sensitive data, um, other people don't. Um, and all that still is in our inbox. How do we deal with that?
1: Well, mm-hmm. so you also have to look at your inbox history, right? I'm sure... I'll just give like a safe number, but probably 70% of the old email that you have in there right now, you will never ever access again or need ever again, right? Possibly. So one thing is we can clean it out by deleting uh, those emails or do something like archiving where you can export the emails out and have them in a, in a file format um, you know, living in your file storage or, you know, Google Drive or your uh, OneDrive so that in case you ever need to find that email from 15 years ago, you can still open that file and find that email. Um, There are other tools. uh, So in a business setting, there are more tools that are available to us like Microsoft Office automatic, you know, automatic archiving, Uh, of email where we can set a policy and say, hey, everything that's, you know, seven years or older gets moved to this different location that you still have access to, but it's not sitting in your mailbox. With Google, there's also tools like that uh, in Google Workspace called, there's a tool called Google Vault um, that kind of can do the same thing. Basically, the data is still kept within the organization. It's just not residing in your mailbox.
0: So is this within the realms of an IT professional? So for example, if I if, you know, if I'm a company and I, and I work with Arc IT, would I be then reaching out to my IT team to set up that sort of process? Is that something that within the scope of service?
1: Absolutely. Typically? Yes.
0: Okay. And so for those of you listening who have IT teams, whether internal or external or us, um, you can reach out. You should reach out to them and and get that policy straightened out. Because people leave, things happen, things get hacked. That um, that's the last thing you want is to just be so safe and secure, and somebody get access to the email address, and out comes your you know your valuables. <laughs> All your valuables are there, you know, just out there for picking. So that's that's an important piece. I think that's. That motivates me more than anything else, to be honest with you, because my counter argument was if I don't use desktop email, you know, Gmail has been phenomenally robust in terms of search uh, ability to find stuff, even with that amount of data and stability. Like, there's no issues out of whatsoever on latency or not getting email if I'm using your web client. Meaning, I go to Google.com or uh, Gmail.com, and I log in i don't use apple mail for mostly that reason actually that you mentioned but i also had the counter argument and counter argument is this um, you know it's i'm about i don't know 15 gigabyte away from having to upgrade to 200 gigabyte storage because i'm paying google for 100 gigabyte i think you get 50 by default or something like that i'm paid for 100 and then i'm only 15 uh, 15 gigabytes away maybe another 6 months uh, half a year Away from having to upgrade, and you and I talked about trading time for money. I'm always willing to trade money for time, like that's if I can spend another dollar, two ninety nine, and double my inbox size, so I don't have to worry about it for another fifteen years. And my search is so robust, I would do it anytime because if I don't, if I don't have to think about having to shove every single document that comes my way into a particular folder that's designated for that particular document and deleting that email. That's,
1: that's a lot of work, boys. I would trade that, but then you trade security, right? Right. And that's right. That's, that's the counter, counter argument to your counter argument is, and, and again, this is more the case probably on the personal side than it is on a business side. Or if you're, you know, or if you're a smaller firm, Uh, That would be more the case where you're holding inside of your personal mailbox, all the like business documents and sensitive data, like tax returns and things like that, that are there since, you know, as you said, 2007, if bad guys get access to it, they basically have access to a lot of your life, right? Like that's something that you need to think about and worry about. And obviously there's things that you can do to protect it more, two-factor authentication, um, things that we've discussed previously many, many times. But the best way is just to say, look, I don't need all this clutter. Let me get rid of it. Let me put it somewhere where I may look at it maybe once in the next 10 years and worry about it less. Okay. Sage
0: advice. Um, but also, you know, I, I do have to say that, uh, look, um, you're doing a, a good job separating like pr- business issues and personal issues. But at the end of the day, all 100% of people listening have the personal account and the business account. And yep. I guarantee you the problem is the same. It's cluttered and and it it has a lot of sensitive information no matter what, right? And so I think I think a good advice is maximize security for your personal computer as well. Have the antivirus updated. You know, don't treat it lightly. Have two-factor authentication, 100% on, on your email. Change passwords. How often do we have password episodes? We didn't talk about changing passwords to the email, did we?
1: I think we did. I mean- Well, let's general, remind folks and myself. In general, we should be changing passwords at least once a year uh, on our personal staff. For business, we usually um, do it either twice a year or once every quarter.
0: Okay. And those of you watching who have IT professionals uh, that work with you and your company, it's a great idea to reach out right now and set up your email policies. Once you set it up, it works. You don't need to spend any more time and and valuable resources on it. Just, just set it and let it do the work for you. Any other? I think
1: you got it right on the dot, man.
0: On the dot. All right. So some actionable advice, definitely a problem. Uh, But certainly uh, uh, solutions are not that hard. And uh, we uh, wish you all safe and productive work environment. And you know what? Be well, smile, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for watching.